there's anything that I want you to remember, this will be the theme of the message today. It's believe in the yellow flower. Believe in the yellow flower, and you'll understand more about what I'm talking about when we're finished with this message. So before I get started, I just really felt the Lord highlighting something to me. Um, uh, it's a few people in this room and I'm just going to be obedient. Uh, there's a single man and there's a single woman here in this room. And you have a deep longing to find the one that the Lord has for you. You have a deep longing to do great things with the Lord and for family. And the Lord wants you to know that he has the best for you. But there's going to be a season of preparation that he's going to bring you into. And so he wants you to be aware of any distractions or counterfeit that may try to come your way. And he wants you to know that when it's the right one at the right time, you will know. And he has nothing but the very best. But this is a season of growing in the deep things of the Lord. And through obedience, you will be positioned in the right place at the right time for his perfect plan in your life. And there's a lady in this room, you are dating someone, and it is not the Lord's will for your life. It is not a safe place. And the Lord wants to give you the courage and the strength to step out of that relationship because he wants to bring you onto the path of growing in your identity. He wants to bring restoration and healing. And then he's going to bring you into all that he has for you. And you will have a testimony that will save many lives from danger. So today I want to talk about dreaming with God. I believe we can all get something out of this message, even though I am speaking to the women today, but it is a message for everyone. I believe the principles are the same with faith. So I want to start off by reading Luke 1.45. Blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. We were all created to dream and to dream God's dreams. God dreamed of you. Before he brought you into the earth, you were the dream of his heart. And he has a dream for every one of us in this room to fulfill. And it's greater than anything that we could imagine. He is the dream giver because he's the dream fulfiller. And so today, watching those that are with us uh, on live stream and those of us in the room today, God is breathing hope into dreams today. God is breathing hope into dreams today. So everyone in this room, I just want to invite you for the next couple of minutes to think about what is something you are waiting for on the Lord. And I want you to write it down. 
write it down on a piece of paper, your note app, whatever you use. I want you just to take a couple of minutes with the Lord and really think, what have you been waiting for on the Lord? I'm going to be talking about seasons of waiting on the promises of God. What are you waiting for right now? What have you been waiting for that you have yet to see come to pass? And I want you to write it down and I want you to circle it. And this is going to be a meditation and a reflection as I go into this message today. God wants to breathe hope on whatever he's bringing to your heart this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Faithful God. Before I I, uh, go into part of my story that I'm going to share with you today, I want to mention three women as I'm talking about seasons of waiting. Sarah. (laughs) Abraham and Sarah, they were people of covenant. When you are walking with God and in covenant with God, the promises of God are your inheritance. It just comes as part of the covenant. You walk under the canopy of glory and blessing. God is often not in a hurry to fulfill those promises. And there's often seasons of waiting that come when he gives us a promise. Because he's going to test that word. And he's working all things out. And he's doing something deeper within us while preparing us and equipping us to steward that promise well so that it will thrive. Now, Sarah lived many of her years in her marriage barren. And when it seemed that all hope was lost, after even trying to make things work according to what they thought God had told them, God comes and visits Abraham in Genesis 17. And he says, I am going to bless you with a son. Surely you must be talking about Ishmael. No. (laughs) Your wife, Sarah, is going to birth a son. And it will be the child of promise. Because this is my promise to you. And we're in covenant together. And Abraham laughs. He's filled with laughter. You mean to tell me after all these years, I'm 100 years old and my wife is 90. And now, (laughs) now is the time that we're going to have a child, a son. And the Lord says, yes. And then he comes and Sarah's having this encounter. She laughs with unbelief. Genesis 18. And the messengers there speaking for the Lord say, is anything too hard for the Lord, Sarah? 
Is there anything too hard for the Lord? And then we go on to see after Isaac's birth, which means laughter. She says, God has made me laugh. And all who hear will laugh with me. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Substance means confidence, assurance, reality. Our temporary circumstances are not our reality. The lies of the enemy in seasons of waiting, did God really say, is not reality. What God has said is what is reality. Faith is the title deed. It is something that we own. We have a legal right when God gives us a promise. And it is our faith that pulls that down into reality and we step into it at the appointed time. Hebrews 11, 11, by faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful, right judgments towards God, who had promised. Zechariah and Elizabeth. <laughs> seasons of waiting, seasons of waiting, praying for their son, a longing they had. The longings we have, God puts them there. They're his longings for us, but it's always unto something greater than what we're able to perceive. Seasons of waiting, and then when it seemed that it was past the time of Elizabeth to be able to give birth, that's when the messenger comes to Zechariah. Luke 1, 6, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all of the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless, in covenant with God, promise their inheritance. But they had no child. Because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. Luke 1.13, the messenger comes and says, Hey, Zechariah, that prayer that you don't even pray anymore. <laughs> You've closed your heart to it. <laughs> now God's ready to fulfill it. Your wife will bear you a son. Now, I want you to turn to 1 Samuel 1. I'm going to skip verse 1 because if you read it, you'll understand why. It's a lot of words in there that I'm not sure I can uh, pronounce properly. So starting in verse 2 talking about the story of Hannah. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. 
This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Echinah to make an offering, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all of her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year, year by year, year by year. Hear me, those of you in waiting, year by year, year by year, year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, that her rival would provoke her. Therefore she wept and she did not eat. Then her husband said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? But Hannah had a longing. She had a dream that God had planted in her heart. A dream that was not meant to die out. So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul. And she prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all of the days of his life, and no razor will come upon his head. Now Hannah is misunderstood, misinterpreted. There's a false accusation going on with what she's working through, going through. I want to skip on down to verse 15. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I'm not drunk. I am a woman of sorrowful, sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. And then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. So the woman went her way, and she ate, and her face was no longer sad. Verse 19. And the Lord remembered her. And the Lord remembered her. And the Lord remembered her. And the Lord remembered him. And the Lord remembered her. And the Lord remembered him. And the Lord remembered her. In the process of time, it came to pass, and she conceived, and she birthed the promise of God. And little did she know, she was not just birthing a son. 
She was birthing a forerunner. She was birthing God's dream in that strategic time in that day where the word of the Lord was rare. And there was a prophetic, pure voice that God wanted to birth who would draw the people back to his heart. The dreams of God is always for a kingdom purpose. Always. And God did not just give her one child. She asked for one. And she gave him to the Lord. It's all for you, God. And he comes back and he keeps revisiting her and blessing her with abundance. She has five more. <laughs> He's the God of abundance. He's the God who is forever faithful. I want to encourage you today. Seasons of waiting where there seems to be a delay. I want to encourage you today to know it is not a denial. God is always working. He is always on the move. He is always intentional in every single season. But he's doing something around us. He's doing something to orchestrate his plans for us. But the most important thing is he's doing something deeper within us. The dream of God is always a holy assignment. When the promise is tested, you know, when we get a word, we're like, oh, praise God. And we, we're, we go outside and we're waiting for the rain to come right then. <laughs> but year by year, year by year, year by year. Year by year, year by year, then your rival comes at an opportune time when we're vulnerable. Did God really say? <laughs> Did God really say? Psalm 42. You've been praying this prayer for so long, waiting on your God. Where is your God now? But David, a man, many trials, many afflictions. High call of the Lord. <laughs> many promises of God. But much waiting. Much testing. But he learned. This is how I will respond to my rival. I will prophesy to my soul. Why are you so discouraged? Why are you so discouraged? Hope in God. Trust in God. Hope and trust in the name of the Lord. We see Hannah. She moves on into 1 Samuel 2. And she says, my soul rejoices in the Lord. Mighty is his name. Mighty is his name. 
Mighty is his name. When we are in seasons of testing and that rival comes, ground yourself in faith. Pour out your soul to the Lord. He wants to work it out with us. But ground yourself in faith and stand on the word of the Lord. Take up the shield of faith. Take up the sword of the Spirit and ground yourself with the belt of truth around you. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are speaking to you. What matters is what did God say? And God is saying, who will agree with me? Who will agree with me? When you have a promise from the Lord... Expect the unexpected. <laughs> God is the God of the turnaround. God is the God of the suddenly. Joseph had a dream. <laughs> Surely it was tested for many years. But he learned how to steward his heart in those seasons of painful testing. Year by year, year by year, year by year, year by year. And suddenly, God took him from the prison to the palace in one day. Obedience, humility, and purity will promote you. Obedience, humility, and purity will promote you in the kingdom of God. One more time. All right. Obedience, humility, and purity will promote you in the kingdom of God. Acts 2. The Lord had commissioned his disciples to wait for the promise. No, they had no idea what they were waiting on, really. They just knew God said, wait. Because my promise is coming. And they were obedient. And they were faithful. And suddenly. 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 The promise came. An explosion of God's faithfulness and goodness. He's the God that will put a now Lord in your mouth. <laughs> He's the God who will put a now Lord, in your mouth. Now, <laughs> I'm going to share part of my story today. Because the Lord wants me to. So, as a little girl, I was always a dreamer. And I had a dream for a family and to do great things with the Lord. And um, some things happened in my life. And I'm just going to flash forward until I was in my early 20s. Um, there was a lot of brokenness. And I had um, wandered away from the Lord because there was just a lot of things that happened. And I had a lot of questions about God. And I had allowed doubt to come into my heart. But the Lord began to draw me back when I was 22, 23 years old. He began to fiercely pursue me, and he came to me as my kinsman redeemer. 
and he began to to pick up the pieces of my heart and he began to begin to restore the dreams that I had carried since I was a little girl. And he continued to speak to me about restoration and his best and a family, an amazing husband and doing great things for the kingdom and children. And so I held those promises in my heart. And in that time, I was just growing really deeply with the Lord. And I had laid my life down and I said, God, my life is yours. Whatever you have for me. I want you. I want to know you. I want you to do whatever you need to do in me to heal me. I want to be a woman of purity. I want to walk with you. And whatever you have with me, God, whatever you have for me, God, I just want your divine perfect will. So he would assure me of his promises. But he was doing something deep in me in that time. And uh, flash forward 2010. So I'm, you know, I've been walking about seven years after he's given me some promises. In 2010, I'm at a camp meeting. And um, this lady there is prophesying. And I was very new to the prophetic because I was raised Southern Baptist. <laughs> and I never really taught on the things of the Holy Spirit. So it was in 2010, just suddenly I was at a place and I was filled with the Holy Spirit and it was an awakening and it was such an acceleration that started to happen just into the deeper things of the Lord. And I was at a camp meeting and this lady begins to prophesy over me. And she says, young lady, there is a reason that you are single. And she says, God has a husband for you and you are going to marry a minister. And she said, and what God has for you is amazing. And the weight of the glory fell on me, and I could not lift my head for about 20 minutes. So there was a marking in that moment, God reminding me of the promise. But I had not thought about marrying a minister. But I was marking that moment. Later on that same year, I'm also at a camp meeting, and this new lady is there ministering, and she says, young lady, God has a husband for you, and he's a prophetic minister, and he's a worshiper, and God is going to cause it to rain on you. And so I keep having these experiences and these words from the Lord. I'm going to all these different places and I keep getting the word family and, and um, children and just this beautiful thing that God's doing. And in that time, the Lord began to send me out on a mission to grow me in worship and prayer. So he sent me to the International House of Prayer. I was out there for a couple of years. Uh, I was at uh, Bethel uh, in Reading for about a year. And then he sent me back to Charlotte. I'm just all over the place with the Lord as he's doing all of these different things in my life. And he had awakened the the desire and the passion for worship and prayer and also the call of Esther um, now in this time I was walking through something else from a, uh, about the age of 13 years old um, I had always had menstrual challenges and it continued on and I was in my early 30s I was about 30 years old around this time, and my doctor said, I really want you to go see a specialist because I'm concerned about you. You need to get checked out. And so finally I did. I went to see a specialist, and I, I walk in, 
and this lady has all of these degrees and certificates and endorsements and everything on, on her wall. And as I'm talking to her, she begins to look at me and she just says, I don't know what else to tell you except this. With your age, she said, by the time you find someone, he's probably gonna be on in his 40s. And she said, if you're not able to have children, she said, he's probably not gonna wanna marry you.